Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Friday, September 1st, and we're reviewing key numbers for spreads, totals, and going through NFL teaser rules. Today is the most important betting podcast you will ever listen to for the NFL. Here's the beat drop. Let's go. I nailed that intro today. Holla. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome. In today's episode is covering the most important NFL betting topic you could possibly imagine. We are going to review the key numbers for both spreads and totals, and then we are going to segue that conversation into establishing some rules for using the teaser feature, which applies to betting football games. So we are one week away from NFL season. I wanted to hold off and wait and do this pod right before the NFL season kicked off because again, this information needs to be fresh. This information needs to be innate. This information needs to be basically memorized. I've said on a few podcasts before, this is an episode you wanted to listen to twice. That applies to today's podcast. I will try and move a little swiftly through these topics and through some of the fluff because today's content is so important that it is an episode that you should listen to twice. It is one of those things where when you approach, approach, wow, I can't speak, probably should learn how to speak better before a really important podcast topic. When you approach a blackjack table at a casino and you get dealt two eights, it is boom, bang, boom, snap of a finger's knowledge to know you're splitting those. If you get two face cards and you got a 20, you know you're just staying. This knowledge is innate to the blackjack table just as the stuff that we should go over today should be innate to betting NFL games. So before we get into all of that topic, let me remind you guys a few housekeeping. First off, We're talking key numbers here. Go listen to my last episode where we reviewed all of the rule changes in the NFL this season. The first of which is that players are going to start wearing number zero. So number zero will not be discussed on today's pod, but we covered that on last episode. So go make sure there's new review rules. There's new play clock rules. There's new uh, special teams, fair catch rules. So make sure you listen to last episode's pod to understand all of the rule changes that will happen on the field for this NFL game. Second to that is go follow me on Twitter the at Fiddles Picks Twitter. Go follow my Substack. This is the biggest one that I could give you guys. Follow the at Fiddles Picks Substack or just fiddlespicks.substack.com is how you can get there. This is a free gambling newsletter that I launched. You will get every Monday an email that has the first bet of the week for the next Sunday or possibly the Thursday game, possibly even the Monday night game the following week. You will get an email on Wednesday or Thursday that's a full review of the market that week. Where's the lines been coming? Where's the money happening? Where are my best bets so far? And then on Saturday or Sunday, you will get the final betting card of the week. So go make sure you are signed up for my Substack, the Fiddlespick Substack. 
And if you want access to all of my bets in real time when I take them, join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. Again, there may be some changes coming to that in the next week or so. We're trying to figure it all out. So stay tuned for potential update on that. But for now, Fiddles Picks Twitter, Fiddles Picks Substack, and the Sports Ethos Wagering and Discord channel. All right, let's jump straight into today's topic. It is a me, myself, and I episode. Been a while since I've done a little solo show. But since this topic was so knee-deep in the weeds of strategy, I wanted to make sure that I covered it myself. And let's go start off with talking about NFL spread numbers. So these are the point spreads when you are playing two teams heads up against each other. And it should come as no surprise when I say the most important number for betting an NFL spread is the number three. Three is the most common outcome in in NFL games, not NBA games, that would be seven. In NFL games, three is the most common outcomes. The fact that I just made that little slip up, let me explain the difference of how important NFL key numbers are. And let me make the point that in the NFL, there is less variance in the game-to-game market because there is more common outcomes in scoring settings. We have the sevens and the threes. That's pretty much how you score. So we could use those numbers as opposed to ones, twos, and threes, which could create any sort of outcome in the NBA game. In the NFL game, the outcomes of these scores are a little bit more realistic. And in the NBA game, these guys are scoring anywhere from 175 to 250 points plus in a totals market. In an NFL game, we're not getting as big of variance in the totals. We will go through the major totals numbers, but the lowest I go in an NFL key totals number is 33, and the highest is 51. So there's only 18 points of difference in the high and low, whereas in an NBA, um, we might talk about you know 180, 190, and on the other end, 237. So the NFL has less variance in the game-to-game market because the numbers are more important because they are more frequent outcomes. So let's go back to that number three and let's compare it to the number seven in the NBA and say, in the NFL, the three is the most common outcome and occurs 15% of the time. When I talk about the seven in the NBA, and this will be the hopefully the last NBA mention of today's podcast, that happens a little bit over 6%. So there's really like a two and a half times likelihood that an NFL games on ends on its most important number compared to the NBA landing on their most important number. So when we are going and betting NFL games, the weight and the importance of these key numbers is so freaking important. It makes an astronomical difference in obtaining positive expected value on your bets. So besides three being the most important key number in the NFL, I also refer to seven, six, 10, four, and 14. And it's in that order. Three happens 15% of the time. Seven happens about 10% of the time. Six and 10 both happen about 6% of the time. And four and 14 both happen about 5% of the time. So these are very common outcomes in these games that when we are attacking spreads, and I'm going to contextualize it with an example in a few seconds, we want to make sure that we are getting the nearest key number on our side. We want to be aware of where the line opened and which key number it was relative to and whether or not the line has already moved through any of the key numbers. And that helps us to determine 
what bet we make, which direction we're betting, and the exposure and level that we are betting this. You will see me a lot of times making bigger bets relative to more important key numbers because if the outcome is higher that it lands there, then I want more exposure there because that carries a higher positive expected value. So for example, let's get into one right now. The Chargers, one of my favorite teams this season, opened as a 2.5 home favorite against the Miami Dolphins in week one of the NFL season. Now, throughout preseason, we've heard Jalen Ramsey got dinged up. Tyron Armstead got dinged up. Jeff Wilson is now on IR. I think the backup running, third string running back, A-Chain, hurt his shoulder. Um, There is a lot of question marks surrounding the Miami Dolphins. And early action came in on the Los Angeles Chargers at home. So a lot of these lines had originally opened at 2.5 and started moving from minus 2.5 to minus three or minus three and a half even. So when you are looking at this game and you're understanding it's relative to the three, the first thing that you should see when you see the 2.5 is ideally you want to be on the charger side of the 2.5 because if you got that most common outcome of a three, You would win with the Chargers minus 2.5. You would lose with the Dolphins plus 2.5. Now let's evaluate the movement in the line. So now the line has gone to minus three. So if you're seeing things, one of my big bets for week one is Chargers minus 2.5 because I started noticing FanDuel, BetMGM, DraftKings, and all these other books start moving that Chargers line to minus three or minus 3.5 when other books like PointsBet or Win or Circa, whatever, I don't have the exact books right in front of me right now, when they started moving it, they kept it at 2.5 when the other books started moving it to three. So now I'm watching the line movement go through one of the key numbers, and that told the story for me about which side my bet should be on, and it should be on the Chargers minus 2.5. If you are listening to this podcast now, and you understand Mike is on the 2.5, Mike is backing the Chargers, uh, I now can look at my book, and I could play it at minus three, so I'm just still going to play it and follow Mike. No. Hold the phone. The reason why I'm playing it at 2.5 is because I've obtained the value of gaining the key number as a win. Now let's get knee deep in the weeds of some nerdy math. When you play a live line, so if you were going to go to your book right now and play a three or three and a half, that live line generally carries a 50-50 chance of winning. When you play that line at a minus 110, you are paying 52.38% percent implied probability, meaning the hit rate needed to be profitable if you are playing all minus 110 lines is 52.38 or 39% to actually start obtaining and be breaking the break-even rate. So you pay you, the live line has a 50% chance of winning. You're paying 52.38 to obtain that line. So inherently, this is the basics of how a sports book works is that there's generally a minus expected value when you place a straight bet or when you place any bet. That's why there's million billion dollar casinos with, you know, all these perks in Vegas is because they make a lot of money through these edges. However, the edge the better can obtain is by getting a line before it moves through a key number and then you obtain that key number as a win. So for me, I bet that minus 2.5 when that was priced as the 50-50 chance. Then the line moves even before the game kicks off to three and a half. 
and I have obtained the three on my side, I know three happens as occurs in 15% of games. I know I'm on the favorite, so the favorite wins on the number of three between eight and eight and a half percent of the time. So even though I paid 52.4% for my odds, even though I took the bet when there was a 50-50 chance of it winning, I understood that the line was going to move. And now in real time, I've obtained about an eight or eight and a half percent gain on my chance of winning this bet. And now my expected outcome exceeds the implied probability of what I paid, and that is positive expected value of a bet. That is the basis of everything that we do here on The Advantage. That is the basic principle of how I go about line movement capping for sports betting. I notice and I track certain indicators. I track multiple books and I start to learn where these lines are moving. I know what relative numbers are the most or least important. And then I play into those at relatively different exposures. So three becomes the most important NFL key number followed by seven, because that's the touchdown that happens 10% of the time. The second most common outcome in the NFL still happens 1.5x the amount it happens, the most important outcome happens in the NBA. This should just contextualize how important NFL key numbers are. Let me further the Chargers point. If you now see it at three or three and a half, the bet's gone. You know I love not betting. I think one of the biggest advantages that the gambler has over the book is that the book has to price every line. They have to put out a total spreads, props on all these players. They're pricing NCAA games. They're pricing Canadian football games. They're pricing NFL games. They're pricing, you know, whatever. MLB games happening right now. The NBA futures market. I think you could even bet on cricket. So, the book has to put out lines for everything. As a better, we don't have to bet everything. We can pick our spots where we recognize the biggest advantages. So if you realize that you've missed the advantage that you can get on playing the two and a half, let it go. Don't play it anymore. Volume should be relative to key numbers. Exposure should be tied to key numbers. When I say volume, I'm talking about the amount of bets that you're placing. When I'm talking about exposure, I'm talking about how much you are placing on one specific wager. So higher levels of exposure should correlate to more important key numbers. My average bet size, if I know I'm going to obtain closing line value through the three, is going to be higher than if I'm obtaining closing line value through the 10. Shout out the Ravens-Texans game week one, which has been moving around that nine and a half, 10. Nine, the freaking least important number in football. 10, actually very important. So that threshold becomes one that you often play with where like the six to seven, because six and seven are both important, there's less of a difference. Between the nine and the 10, you got one that I couldn't give two shits about and then one that becomes a top five most important outcome. Okay, so three is the most important one, 15% of the time. I'm trying to reiterate this. Maybe you won't have to listen to this twice because I've covered it so clearly through the first 15 minutes of this pod. Three is the most important, 15%. Seven is the second most important, 10%. These should be very obvious ones. Three is a field goal. How many times have we seen game-winning field goal from Vinatieri causing a three-point game? Touchdown is the seven. So that's, you know, 21-14, 20 21 31-24, a lot of these games will end on that. 
The six also is important because that's either two field goals or one touchdown with a missed PAT or two-point conversion. The 10 becomes important because that's a touchdown and a field goal. The four becomes important because that's the difference between a touchdown and a field goal. So if one team scores a touchdown and the other team just kicks a field goal, that difference is four. So that becomes another one. And then, of course, the 14 is two touchdowns directly. So that is a very common outcome as well. So just explaining these key numbers in relative terms to their how they're scored and their outcomes should help a little bit. Again, 15% of the time, 10% of the time for the seven. Six and 10 both happen 6% of the time. Four and 14 both happen around 5% of the time. These are the only important NFL numbers that I really care about. The only other one that's worth mentioning, in my opinion, is the two. Now, Mike, why would you mention the two? Do a lot of NFL games end on two? And the answer to that is no. Two is actually not one of the most frequent outcomes. I could look it up in a second about where it ranks on the list, but I feel like it even falls you know, relatively low in the top 10 or even just outside the top 10. However, in recent years, and we need to track these changes over time, am I just using all historical data of the NFL or has some rule changes? Go see last podcast or have some scoring changes or some talent developments or whatever, play style changes, cause some variance in the way and the outcomes of these games. And the place where we see that the most is the number two. The number two in recent years is becoming significantly more important than its historical data shows. Now, why would that be? I'll even let you guys think on this for a moment. Is it because they moved the field goal back and made it harder? Yes, that's part of it. Is it the fact that more teams have started to go for two-point conversions? Yeah, that's part of it. Is it the fact that a lot more teams are starting to go for it on fourth down in short-yarded situations? Yeah, that's part of it. So we are seeing the play style of the end of end of rule change in the special teams change a little bit, and that's affecting the way that the scoring outcomes are resulting. So when I look at the two and when I'm playing games specifically around the two, I am looking for spots that have higher rates for teams that go for two-point conversions and that go for it on fourth downs. The two becomes more important when they are is occurring with teams that you know trigger that outcome more often. Generally, it's some of the best and most efficient teams. The Chiefs go for it on fourth down a lot. Shout out the Eagles with the tush push. Um, the Chargers with Brandon Staley are very much the analytics say you should pretty much always go forward and never punt. So they are a team that does this a lot. So if you are playing around the three a lot, but you're also playing it, again, this is a perfect example because we're doing the Chargers game versus the two and a half versus the three. Uh, the three was very important, but it's probably a little less important to that Chargers-Dolphins game because of the way the Chargers play. Um, that should be pretty self-explanatory. You want key numbers on your sides of the line. You want to make sure you obtain closing line value through key numbers. And you need, you absolutely need to just be able to let a line go if you missed it. Do not, and, and let me say, I do not encourage buying a hook. 
if you've seen that Chargers game at 3.5 now and you're like, oh, I could just pay minus 130 to bring it down to, to the three, don't do that shit. That's so stupid. Don't bother buying a hook because now the value, I broke it down by saying that happens 8% of the time, but you're paying 52.38 and all these things. If you're paying for the hook, which generally onto the three means you're paying up to a 130, you're now being charged around 57% implied probability or even beyond that. Let's see, 135 implied probability, 57.44. So it's really hard to say that you're still obtaining value with this line moving and you paying that really expensive juiced price. So at that point, I would let it go. Your value has been lessened. Let's come back to this one second on how you handle a, either a no bet situation or what may be your option. You could think about this right now. Think about what we're going to cover at the end of the episode today. What might be an option to still play a bet that's moved through a key number? All right. The next thing that we're going to talk about is NFL totals. There's a few numbers that I really care about in the NFL totals market. I don't really care that much in the difference between them. So like, I'm not going to give you the 15% versus the 10% versus the 6% versus the 5%. They're all relatively similar in their outcomes, but this is generally relative to where the line is originally priced. So the total numbers that I care about the most, I'll, I'll go from low to high, 33, 37, 40, 41, 43, 44, 50, and 51. Those are generally the eight most common outcomes in totals markets for the NFL games. Now, 41 is the most common outcome. That is the magic number for NFL totals. However, when a game is priced at 51, then 51, 50, 44, and 43 all become more important to that game because, again, these NFL games generally have less variance than NBA games. We don't generally find a game that's being priced at the 51, 52, 53 end up scoring that much different. It is way more important to get the key number relative to what is being priced at. So if you're looking at the under 53 and you're like, well, I'll still have the 41, that is kind of pointless. If you're looking at the under 53, your mind should go, I have 51 and 50 on my side, whereas there's not really that much north of this number. 54 is kind of important. Shout out the Chiefs-Lions game happening week one. We are on the over 54, but generally we don't get that high. That should be one of the highest price games we see all season long because we have two very offensive team and a Lions team that historically the defense under this new era Lions team has has really struggled. Um, okay. Let's apply the, one of the total. Let's apply the 41 to a few games that are happening on the board right now for week one. And I think the best place to start with this is the Steelers 49ers game. So I have massive bets on this one. And the line sits at 40 and a half right between two of the most important key numbers. And I noticed that this line opened at 41 and a half. I noticed that the Steelers were listed as a plus three. So I nabbed the Steelers plus three because, again, I'm getting the most important side of the line on my side. It's now at 49ers minus 2.5. There's even ways to say that grabbing both the 2.5 and the plus three, depending on the VIG that you're paying for it, can be mutually beneficial 
or that you're either side, you're getting both sharp sides of the line by grabbing the plus three and the minus 2.5. However, for this game, I grabbed the Steelers plus three and the under 41 and a half. I knew I grabbed the two most important lines on my side. I knew I had a home underdog with an amazing coach. Mike Tomlin as a home underdog is like 18 and two or 20 and something outlandishly stupid. We know that these teams are both very defensive. We know that we have two very young quarterbacks in Purdy and Pickett. And therefore, I thought this was going to be an under game. We've seen movement to the under. It opened at 41 and a half. We started seeing 41s pop up on the board. Now it's down to 40 and a half universally, meaning when I grabbed that 41 and a half towards the under, I nabbed a really great line. And that movement has obtained me significant closing line value where now my expected value exceeds the implied probability I paid for the line. So if you're betting NFL totals, you want to make sure and you want to always note, where has this moved? At 40.5, to me, this is a no bet anymore. Let me say that again. At 40.5, to me, this is no longer a bet. It now floats right in the middle of two key numbers and you miss the most important NFL total getting it. Would I buy the hook? No, I wouldn't. You are going to pay too much versus the expected outcome and probability of what that line actually is. You want to get generally minus 110s. Then you want to obtain closing line value through a key number. And if you do that consistently in the NFL, you, me, and the rest of us will guaranteed beat the books. I promise you. If you do this from a long-term approach and you say, I want my expected value to exceed the implied probability by gaining line movement through a relative key number, that is the sexiest thing in sports betting. I just use the nerdiest terminology to describe the sexiest thing that results in consistently winning money. So that is how you play both or how you view both key numbers for spreads and totals. Now let's take it over to the teaser rules. The teaser feature is a way to change the uh, line that you are getting by pairing multiple lines. And so, for example, you would take two lines, three lines, and move them six, six and a half, seven points. And then you would get, instead of the Lions plus six and a half, you would get Lions plus 12 and a half. And you would move that line up. Now, that's something I would never freaking do. It's just the top of one, the one that's on the board right now. Literally, Detroit Lions is the first one listed. So I was just going based on that. Let's get into the teaser rules and tell you how you should actually do it. I talk often on this podcast about some gambling rules. I also am someone who thinks Rules are a little bit meant to be broken. Like situationally, you can break some rules. I talk about max exposure being three units for me. Well, there was a few times a year, Commanders week one minus six and a half against the Cardinals, are times where I absolutely shoved that shit to the side and slammed the line beyond three units. There was Victor Wembanyama to be the first pick in the NBA draft. When those odds first came out, I immediately put six units down on it. And when we got closer to the draft, I put another 20 because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was that obvious. Um, so the line was for that one, the line was still available when the Spurs reporter at the draft lobby had Wembenyama cut into his hair. He was wearing a Wembenyama jersey and the entire Spurs arena was set up for a like a draft party. 
And then the odds for Wembenyama to still go number one to the Spurs were still on the board. So I pretty much just cleared it and hit the limits and put as much money as I possibly could on the line. So there are a few instances where rules are meant to be broken. However, when it comes to teaser rules, this is a rule that you will... These are the What I'm about to describe is a situation you will never, ever, ever, ever see me break these rules. So when I say rules are meant to be broken... That does not apply to the teaser. Maybe we should call these the laws of teasers because we ain't breaking. We'll, we'll break a few rules, but we are not breaking laws here. No one's trying to get under arrested for having a shitty bet because we're placing parlays because you guys know me. I am the sheriff of the parlay police department and doing a dumb teaser starts to become of a parlay because you are pairing certain lines together. And even though you're moving the threads and not accepting as great of a multiplier, you're still needing multiple outcomes to win a bet. So let's talk about how to responsibly play the teaser feature and what the teaser rules are. Number one, you never, ever, ever play a teaser for anything other than football. If you move a basketball line five or six points, given how unimportant the key numbers are and how much the variance is, I say this about once per pod, you are dumb as fuck. Don't ever do that shit. Teasers are only meant to be used for football betting. Let's take that one step further. You want to know how also you're dumb as fuck? If you use the teasers on a total, if you are really thinking about taking this Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens total from 44 to under 50 and juicing it up and then playing the under, no, no. Don't do that shit. You only use teasers on NFL or or any football. I don't really bet college or I don't give out college bets, so you're not going to hear that from me. So for me, you'll only see me advising people to play teasers on NFL spread bets. Now let's take that even one step further and introduce my good buddy, who I've actually never met in real life, but he's won me money, Stanford Wong. Now, Stanford Wong is a mathematician who created a book on how to use the teaser feature. What's his book name? Stanford Stanford Wong book. Sharp Sports Betting by Stanford Wong. You can order it on Amazon. Have I read it before? Yes, I have. Um, so the basic thing that he says in this book is, or the most important thing, is that he establishes what is known throughout the industry as a Wong teaser leg. Now, this is a line that you can incorporate into a teaser that shows it to have positive expected value. Meaning, if you attack these relative numbers and these types of spreads and you pair them together in NFL teasers, you can get positive expected value if and only if you do the following. You are only playing a number from plus 1.5 or plus 2.5 and moving it up to either plus 7.5 or plus 8.5 with a six-point teaser, or simply the reverse. You are taking a minus 8.5 or a minus 7.5 favorite and teasing them down so that they are minus 2.5 favorites or minus 1.5 favorites. Now, it should be very obvious why that's the most valuable thing. Because you are moving through the three, the four, the six, and the seven. That 15% outcome that I told you about, 
that 10% out outcome that I told you about, one of the 6% outcomes that I told you about, and one of the 4% outcomes that I told you about, you just obtained all of those numbers on your side of the line. I think that's 35% total. 15, 10, 6, 4. 35% of NFL outcomes you have just obtained. You also obtained the 5 and the 2s and whatever, which also carry their own weight. But through a key numbers perspective, 35% increased probability rate. So if you are taking these lines and either playing a plus 2.5 up or a minus 7 or 8.5 down, you are gaining the most value on your legs. So Wong teaser legs only apply to moving the, the using a six-point teaser, only a two-leg teaser. The price you should pay for this is minus 120. Now, I'm going to go through some sports books and why that's important in a second, but I will never pay more than minus 120 because that correlates with the implied probability you are paying, and I want my value to exceed that. So if I'm suddenly paying minus 134, that changes things, and that's no longer a bet that I want to take. So if you can move a line from plus 1.5 or plus 2.5 through that 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, and you get it at either plus 7.5 or plus 8.5, or if you go the other way, from an 8.5 or 7.5 favorite and teasing them down to a 2.5 or a 1.5 favorite, then you are obtaining these numbers and you are playing, pairing two of them together and you are doing it at minus 120 odds. Let's apply that to some week one lines. The Steelers, like I just mentioned, if you had missed the plus three and it now sits at 2.5, it now qualifies as a Wong teaser leg. And if you go a step further and you start to correlate the fact that the under is moving down from 41.5 to 40.5, so we're expecting 41 or less points scored in this game, and then if you move the underdog so that you have plus 8.5, there's clear correlative value to an under situation game with taking a larger dog. Because if there's only 41 points scored in this game, there's less outcome possibilities for the 49ers to cover a nine-point win that, that would now be needed for you to lose that teaser. So plus 8.5, if you've missed a number, a key number in the NFL, what you can do is then incorporate it some of the time into a teaser. So if you had missed the Atlanta Falcons minus 2.5 or minus 3, and you are now seeing it at minus 3.5, that does not qualify because something we will never do, we only are moving the teasers from 1.5 to 7.5 or from 2.5 to 8.5. We are never going through the zero. So if you were going to tease the Atlanta Falcons, you're going from minus 3.5 to a plus 2.5. Absolutely not. Like you would never, ever, 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 ever do that. So in that case, you've missed the line. But in the Steelers case, you could take the plus 2.5 to a plus 8.5. Let's keep going and see what other things qualify. The Cleveland Browns currently qualify. The home underdog Cleveland Browns taking on the Cincinnati Bengals are a plus 2.5 home dog. You can take that and put it up to 8.5. You can take, you kind of could take the Washington Commanders because they're at 7.5 some places and seven others. Listen, if you get the opportunity 
and you see minus seven and a half on the board at DraftKings and PointsBet and Caesars or whatever, but you could tease the minus seven somewhere else, then yeah, do that because then you obtain the one as a push instead of the 1.5. So I would think the commanders still qualify because of where their number is a lot of places. Um, doo -doo -doo. The Packers may still qualify. They're at plus 1.5 or plus 1 in some places. So if you can get them at a plus 1.5 and push them up through the 7.5, that would qualify for a week one teaser. The Miami Dolphins being a plus 2.5, even though I'm on the Chargers, they do still qualify as a Wong teaser leg and moving them to the plus 8.5. Given the fact that that game is moving towards the over, and that overs are more correlated with favorites' ability to cover because if more points are scored, then there's more outcome possibilities for the Chargers to cover the spread. And the fact that I'm on the Chargers means I would never choose the Dolphins in a teaser. But in terms of the Wong, Stanford Wong teaser leg rules, they apply. The And the final one that applies is the New York Jets Monday night home underdog plus 2.5. And you could also boost them up to plus 8.5. So if I was doing this right now, I don't know if there's any that I would actually move on. Steelers would be a lock if I was going to do one of them. And maybe the Browns. If I was going to do any teaser right now, it would probably be a Steelers-Browns combination. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that I need to talk about today. I think that pretty much covers it. I don't want to let this episode go too long because, again, I even though I went 40 minutes, not ideal, but I really do think this is an episode you should listen to twice. Some of that might have been confusing. I did use some weird nerdy jargon like implied probability, expected value, exceeding odds, line movement, key number. You want to go through back and listen to that. Again, this should be like when you are sitting at the blackjack table and you get two eights and you know, woo, we're splitting these bad boys. And then you get a three come down on one. You're like, woo, we're doubling down on this one. Let's go. This is, this is a big bet here. So we want to get into these situations where we know automatically what to do simply when we are looking at the odds. We want to know right away when we see the 41 on the board and the 40 and a half somewhere else. It's like, whoa, let me grab that 41 right now if this is trending down. We want to increase our exposure relative to the more important numbers that we discussed today. And if you do that and if you apply these principles throughout the NFL season and obtain closing line value on bets that you get positive line movement through and you obtain closing line value with exceeding exceeding expected value beyond the implied probability of the odds you're paying. Sorry, I got a text message and got confused for a second. You will win this season in NFL betting. The other way to win this season in NFL betting is to simply keep listening to this fucking podcast, to follow along with my bets, to follow me on Twitter, to sign up to my Substack, and to get in the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. Let's not belabor this too long. Go listen to this episode twice, three times, four times, five times. And thanks for being here. Deuces!